0: You know, I think the moment is right for us to lift up a prayer before our Jesus and in the name of Jesus. Uh, You might be going through situations that darken your day and perhaps going through uh, storms that are just taking the wind out of you. And sometimes the longer we battle, the more weary we might get. And we can rely on this and on that and resources and friendship and support systems that we might have if we're so blessed to have those. But I believe that we need to oftentimes or all times run to the feet of the Lord and just ask him to strengthen us and to work a miracle. And perhaps you're battling with a a situation at home, a loved one, um, a child, an adult child. Maybe you got some bad news about work with the economy the way it is. Now it's affecting you and your family very personally. Let's pray. That the Lord would comfort us and strengthen us as we navigate through challenging waters. Father, I come before you in the name that is above all names, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, he who right now is seated at your right hand, interceding for us. And Father, we lay before you all of our cares, each one of us, Lord, and the congregation, our friends and families that listen to us. Lord, going, navigating right now through rough waters, difficult times. And we need, Lord, an anchor, someone that will be a solid foundation to help us through. I pray, dear God, in Jesus' name that you would, Lord, touch right now that person that is um, feeling sick in body and physically depleted and tired of weathering through the ailments that they're going through. We send the word of healing to that home right now, to that hospital bed. That you might be able to alleviate the load, ease the pain and transition people into a a healing place where they get back to normal. Those that are going through emotional, mental strife at this time. Lord, there is nothing impossible for you. Visit us, O Lord, in the moments of our confusion, the moment of our grief and pain and sorrow. And let your peace that surpasses all understanding just work a miracle, Lord. That your peace would blow away that storm, Lord, that has been lingering for far too long. And that your children might be able to experience your presence and your peace. Unlike ever before, that peace that soothes us might not necessarily resolve the situation at that moment, but soothes us and gives us strength. I pray, Lord, for family members right now, parents dealing with uh, their children and uh, marriage, uh, strife, and pressures, and even the singles among us, Lord. I pray that you would walk with us and walk alongside us and strengthen and give insight and direction. Strengthen the path, uh, straighten the path, Lord, is my prayer. Open doors that should be open and those that should remain shut. Let us, Lord, uh, trust you that at your moment, at your, in your time, you will work that miracle we're waiting for. And those, Lord, that have heard bad news with regard to employment. And, Lord, I know we're living in very difficult economic times. You are our provider. And, Lord, you have a way of blessing people that are faithful to you. Not faithful when things are going rough, but faithful when they're enjoying the abundance of your blessings. So I pray right now that you would provide in Christ's name. And we're expecting a miracle because when we pray to you, Lord, you are a God of miracles nothing impossible for you and we trust you lord completely completely that's why we know as we hear in the lyrics of that song kingdoms will pass away but you always will be the same we thank you as we pray this in your name jesus christ our savior amen and amen praise the lord hallelujah thank you so much for joining us tonight uh, for our wednesday service and those that are watching us we just thank God that you're, uh, for your faithfulness and, and tuning in with us all the time for these uh, brief moments that we have to worship the Lord. Yes, we want to be able to gather together once again here in our building, and we want to be able to just see you here clapping and singing with us. But we understand, and I know you do as well, in the middle of all that is going on, this is what we have, and we're using what we have in order to be able... To bring hope and encouragement right there to your home and right there to your situation, and oftentimes what we need to do in this time of a it seems like we're waiting, but in reality, waiting should never be inactivity. But really, it should be strategizing and looking and forecasting how how we're going to move forward. So tonight, I want you to follow with me as I, I preach a sermon entitled "Pivot to a New Season," pivot. To a new season, pivot, and that means you need to do it. Pivot, turn the steering wheel. <laughs> if if you like a boat analogy better, then you know, move the, the rudder. Uh, pivot to a new season. There is before us an incredible opportunity. In fact, just a few days ago, uh, this week we uh, we, we were uh, we ushered in a new season. We're actually in the fall season right now, in autumn. Summer is over. Uh, I'll make you happy later on, but we have to accept the reality fall is upon us and you know now with uh, autumn arriving and it has arrived it makes us remember again how quickly time goes by i mean it just flies so rapidly when we start talking that covid has been around for six or seven months it just we think it was just like yesterday but it also feels like it's an eternity as well it's a a dichotomy there but uh, time goes by so quickly it ushers in seasons and and seasons come and seasons go and as we're now in this fall season, things will start to change very rapidly that we're already seeing. Temperatures will slowly drop. The leaves will begin to turn those colorful uh, colors that they, those brilliantly colorful colors. And some will begin to fall to the ground and, and start covering our streets and pathways. And all of this, uh, all of us will soon be running to our closet and, and rediscover that, clo- that coat that we left there seven or eight months ago. As we look for warmer clothing as the temperature continues to drop. And, you know, whether we like it or not, we have to pivot to the new season. I think we would look a little bit ridiculous that in February we walk around with bumbina shorts and and slippers uh, along the streets. Although you might see something like that. Uh, Some people do that. But you would look really out of place. It's almost like wearing a a, a coat in the summertime. Uh, Whether we like it or not, we are forced to pivot to a new season. The text that I want to consider today is actually found in Joshua chapter 1, very familiar passage of scripture. And that's, uh, I'll read a few verses and begin to unpack it for our, the few moments that I have here to share with you. Joshua ch- chapter 1, verses 1 through 6 is the focus of the, the text today. And it says After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses', uh, Moses aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from uh, the deserts to, uh, of Lebanon to the great rivers of the Euphrates and all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And look at this. these verses, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Now, I I find it fascinating. Every time I read this passage of Scripture, and I read Joshua often because there's so much in there about leadership and about change and about planning and all of that, that depending upon where you are or where I am in in my journey, it speaks to me in different ways but i'm always fascinated by the fact that poor joshua if he had a, a low self-esteem these six verses were crushing him L- read it again and you'll notice every time god is saying just like i was with moses just like i was with moses just like i was with moses so if, if joshua was insecure my goodness hearing these words or reading if he's not reading this but reading this all of a sudden he would be, his 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 self-worth would be down in the ground because it was always in reference. It's almost you want to say, God, enough with Moses. Let's move forward. But that is precisely what we need to stop and look at in this text. The first thing is that transitions are inevitable. The fall season has come upon us, and pretty soon winter will come. Nothing that we can do will change transitions. Nothing that Joshua could do could keep Moses alive any longer. The season of Moses was over. And it was already done. He was not going to be leading being four or 500 years old. It was over. So I think for all of us here, as we look at transitions in our lives, whether it's to a new job, whether it's to uh, buying a home, whether it's relationship changes, whatever it might be, that lifestyle changes in the sense of uh, taking better care of ourselves, we need to realize that transitions are inevitable. No one will be able to stop the clock. So regardless of how we want to think, Every second that passes, we are getting older. That's inevitable. Inevitable. There's nothing you can do to stop it. So I think we need to settle on that, that transitions are inevitable. The second thing that I see in the passage, I just mentioned to you in my my introduction, God was mentioning uh, 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 Moses over and over And in a way, I really believe, this is my sense of this text, this is how uh, it speaks to me, I really believe that to a certain degree, um, Joshua needed to feel unsettled. Because you have to remember, he's following after this giant of a man, this incredible leader that was able to be a a leader over Israel in the the most crucial uh, parts of their history, even as we read back. So here is Joshua, the second guy, under this gigantic incredible leader and now he must have been battling inside how do i fill those footsteps in fact you know how i can prove that that was probably the case because of what god said here in ver- in the second part in verse two it says that god had to finally tell uh uh, uh joshua listen joshua moses my servant is dead in a way, that's very insensitive. If you do any kind of counseling, you never talk like that to people. We use words like passed away, went on, went on to the home in glory. Those are the words that we talk about. But no one comes up to you and tells you emphatically, and if they do, they're being very insensitive. And here, God is doing exactly that. But it wasn't that God was being insensitive. Listen to what I'm going to say right now. Sometimes we have such, a difficult, we have such difficulty of accepting reality that the only way that we can accept the reality is to get shocked into reality. And when God told Moses, listen, Moses, this is the New York version, listen, Moses, I mean, listen, Joshua, Moses is dead. Get over it already. And there comes points in our lives when we're pivoting to a new season that we need to do everything in the the resources that we have to shift gears and to move on. It doesn't mean you forget of of what just happened, but we can't stay stuck in the old because we will not be able to embrace the new we can't stay stuck in old events and previous events because it's going to stifle and hurt our being being able to move forward number one but also those loved ones that are still with us are going to be impacted by our being stuck in the past and in here in this passage what i see is that joshua was shocked into reality god emphatically told him didn't suggest didn't uh, give him the idea, didn't imply, but emphatically told him, Moses, my servant is dead. Can you imagine Joshua receiving that shocking news? Because it hadn't, per- it hadn't penetrated his being, and that was going to stifle him to be from becoming what he needed to become in God's plan over his life. The next thing I see on this is that, you know what, we need to get ready for what is to come before it gets here. Some people are always getting their life together, but they never get their life together. You talk to them all the time. I got to get my life together. I got to get my, life. oh, I'm getting my life, and they never do. You know, we need to prepare now, get ready now for what is to come. As a church, we need to be preparing now for what is to come. It looks like this uh, pandemic is going to be with us till probably next summer. So what are we going to do? Hope that it, 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 it's, it's not true? No, I think what we need to do, we hope, of course, we expect that it will be sooner than that. But you know what? We need to start planning just in case it stays just that way need to start planning otherwise we're not accepting the reality and we're not using the creativity individually and collectively to be able to embrace what is in the future for us so the the next observation the third observation is that we must get ready for what is to come before it gets here you know, when you go in for a job interview, you don't before you walk into that office. You don't start to comb your hair and look and see if your 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 your, your makeup is on right or if your 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 tie is correct. Before you get there, you make the plans. Uh, you get ready for that that interview. Preparation. Listen to this. Preparation is a now thing. Preparation is not a thing where you just write it down and you strategize and you leave it there and you brainstorm. Preparation is a now thing. And if you look at scripture. That Joshua and other events as well in scripture, you will find that it is replete with uh opportunities to prepare for what is to come. We need to prepare now for the end of COVID. We need to prepare for life after this whole horrible episode that we're going through. And we we need to uh you know, some people say they can't help they can't wait till 2020 is over. I mean, this is such it's just one event this whole year that has permeated everything of our lives. And it's true, we can't wait till it's over, but 2021 is coming, and 2022 is coming, and 2023 is coming. And we need to, yes, remember this uh, horrible year and horrible events that have happened over our lives. Historically, we need to remember, but we can't let that stifle us moving forward and pivoting to the the new season. There will be obstacles in the path. You will, you will note in the text that God tells Moses, get the people ready. When I talked before about, the, about preparation. And God himself is telling them they need to get ready because they need to cross the Jordan River to the other side. In this passage, the Jordan River was an obstacle for the people of Israel to be able to get to where God wanted them to get to. Church, listen to me closely when we pivot to a new season, there are going to be obstacles, obstructions, deviations. There's going to be sidetracking happening. We need to realize that we need to go through those things because the blessing of the Lord is on the other side of that obstacle. The, The promise of God is on the other side. We have to weather what we have to weather in order to get to the other side. There will be obstacles in your path, obstacles that will try to stifle you. And then obstacles that can be even demonic forces that will try to discourage you. Even people that historically have been encouraging to you all of a sudden are not. They're going to be distractions and things that will pull you away from where you need to get to, but you need to plow through those th- things. As we sung earlier, in the name of Jesus, plow through those obstacles because the blessing of the Lord, the promise of God, the new beginning, the new season is on the other side of the obstacle. That's why you can't see the obstacles because you're looking at the Jordan River. I wrote down here, but I realized after I wrote it down that I was referring to sneakers. Because it says, don't be afraid to, uh, of, the Jordan, uh, of, the, of the Jordan rivers along the way. And this is the, after I wrote it, I said, boy, it's about sneakers. You will walk these Jordans on the wings of God's promises. <laughs> I th- honestly did not realize the connotation there. But I wanted Jordan to be that metaphor of the obstacle that is before you. And we need to walk through them in order to get to the other side. And we get to the other side on the wings of God's promises. I trust God so much that I will continue plowing forward even when it does not make sense. Even when it is illogical, even when all the wise counsel is saying, what are you doing? No, I'm doing because I trust what the Lord is saying. I don't see the promise because there's obstacles in the way, but I know that on the other side, the promise of God is resting there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. blesses me this part of the passage. Then also it says that the pro- I, I want to refer to you today that in verse 3, it says that the, the promise, the promise uh, to the uh, predecessor is given... To the inheritor, I want you to notice something that the Lord says to him, just as I promised Moses, I'm going to give you what I promised Moses. Note the text. Joshua was going to inherit things that he was never promised by God that were for him. Because God didn't promise Joshua, God promised Moses. Moses. And when you're pivoting to a new season, you need to realize that you're going to walk down a path that actually wasn't even promised to you. Actually, your ability to walk down the path is really God rewarding your obedience to him, even though that was not specifically for you. A wonderful way for me to illustrate that is our church ministry. Right now, we're enjoying the benefits of a beautiful building. We're enjoying a facility here that people here on the most expensive island in the entire world in, in an area that you can walk anywhere down here because it's so close to everything. But we're enjoying sitting here. We're enjoying this building and the services that this building provides. But the people that God promised them promised this building to, most of them aren't even alive right now. They're not even alive. The promise of what we're, we're enjoying right now was given 70 years ago to people that were worshiping in the corners around here in the small storefront on, Mon- on Monroe Street that when we started in our old building, 209 East Broadway. And here we are in a building. It's over 40 years we've been in this building already. And we built it, but we're enjoying the promises that weren't given to us. They were given to our predecessors. And we see that here in this text. Why is that important? Because God has promised you benefits that your seed and your future generations and your children and grandchildren are going to enjoy. That is why you need to be faithful. Because as you remain faithful in obedience, the blessing of the Lord, the promise of God, the inheritance of the Lord is going to pass over you. You will not be able to see it, but your children and your future generations will be able to enjoy the promises of of God. Because remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God is not seasonal. Seasons exist in the purview of God because God is not subject to time. So God promises, but he promises legacies. He he promises inheritance that he promises to an individual, but that is carried over to the larger population, just as in Moses and just as in Joshua. We need to keep that in mind. God promised Moses, uh, yet Joshua lived the blessing. The things God tells you today, you might never enjoy or see. However, those blessings are for your seed, the future generations. The other thing that the Lord tells them on here that I want to just touch on for a brief, brief moment is that God tells them how expansive the blessing was going to be. Verse 4 says, your territory will extend from here to there. Read it, you'll see verse 4. I mean, it's going to be incredible. No one will be able to stand against you. Incredible stuff. Sometimes we expect too little from a God that wants to give us more than enough. Sometimes we settle for the things or or, all we see is what's initially in front of us. I like believing the Lord. I like trusting the Lord. I like when God commands things because you have never seen the size of the blessing that God has really for you. It is much broader. Sometimes we think too small. We need to think broader because God, especially if you've been obedient, faithful to the Lord, God, you're the one, you're the perfect candidate that God wants to shower with blessings. And so think big of a big God. Don't put him in a little box because what he has for you is greater than what you can even imagine. That's what he's telling uh, Joshua. Moses is dead. I'm going to use you and you're going to inherit what I told Moses was the inheritance. It'll be yours. Your territory will be broader than what you ever imagined. And then he tells him in verse 6, and this is my closing observation. He says in verse 6, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. He's telling Joshua, Joshua, you're the man. I'm not looking anywhere else. You're the man. I don't have a plan B. You're the man. I don't have an alternate program or an alternate solution. You are the one. And because you're the one and I'm going to be with you, like the Lord told him, you just need to be uh, strong, and you just need to be courageous. I think oftentimes we complicate God. We overcomplicate situations. Think about the task that Joshua had. He had to pivot now from being the number two guy into being the leader of, the, of, the, of, the, of Israel. He needed now to pivot from being the guy that watched God speak to the number one person Now he's the guy that's hearing God. He needs to be the oracle to the people, the one, the voice of God to the people. He needed to pivot that. But don't confuse it, Joshua. Don't confuse it. Don't make it bigger than what it is. He's telling Joshua, Joshua, look, very basic. Be strong, courageous. I think the Lord is telling us today and you on the other side of that camera, and this church, be strong and be courageous can't shrink back. You have to move forward. Father, I thank you for this time that we have to just explore this passage and see how you speak to us so clearly. In order for us to pivot to a new season, Lord, we need not be afraid. We need to remain steadfast. We need to repeat to ourselves, God, God God's got this. Although it seems that the task is larger than our ability and our capacity to do, It is not bigger than you. And as long as we trust you and keep following your instructions in our homes, in our communities, in the area of our calling, as long as we strive there, all we need to do is to be courageous and be strong. And the inheritance will be ours as we pivot to a new season. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.